Hi, listeners. I'm Irene Barton, Executive Director of the Cobb Collaborative, and I welcome you to Mind Your Mind Speaks. This is a podcast series that brings together subject matter experts and community leaders to help raise awareness, share resources, and inspire action through recorded conversations about mental health and well-being topics. Today, we are delighted to welcome, welcome Tim Viegas to our program. Tim, welcome, and please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Hi, Irene, and um, all of the listeners of Mind Your Mind. I'm very happy to be here. Uh, Like you said, I'm Tim Viegas. Uh, I am the Director of Communications for a nonprofit uh, called the Maryland Coalition for Inclusive Education, or MCIE. I'm probably just going to use those abbreviated form because it's a mouthful. Sounds good. Yes. I'm also the founder of Think Inclusive and the host of the Think Inclusive podcast, which we are celebrating 10 years um, somewhere around here in end of February, March. I I don't know exactly when, um, but I previously worked for uh, the Cobb County School District for 12 years as a special education teacher, and the last three of those years as a program specialist supporting students with autism, intellectual disabilities, and emotional behavior disorders. Before that, I taught in Pasadena, California, so we've lived in Cobb since 2008. Um, My wife is the behavioral health manager uh, at Good Samaritan of Cobb. She's also been a guest on Mind Your Mind. She and, has, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and we have three kids, um, all at different levels, elementary, middle, and high. Um, and in case you wanted to know, I love running um, and vinyl record collecting. So that, that's that's pretty much all right. <laughs> so we might find a little bit of Pearl Jam or something over in your record I collection. do have I do have a Pearl Jam record. <laughs> I think um, he was going to single-handedly keep the vinyl record industry in business, right? <laughs> well, um, my husband and I are huge music fans and like going to rock concerts, so we probably have a lot in common, Tim. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Beyond just our professional walks of life. So, well, thank you so much, Tim, for joining us and welcome again. Um, We haven't really had anyone um, or many people from your sector on the podcast, so I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Um, So you mentioned MCIE, and I'll take follow your lead and use the um, acronym or the abbreviation, but to help me and our listeners, can you talk a little bit more about the organization in terms of what its purpose is, who do you serve? Um, the M stands for Maryland, but do you have an impact beyond the state borders of Maryland? Um, Where, uh, I'll just turn it over to you for all those questions that I asked you. (laughs) Yeah, those are all great questions. Um, So let me first uh, start by saying that as an organization, we believe that neighborhood schools that welcome all children and engage them in learning form the foundation for inclusive communities. So that's kind of where we're coming from. Uh, You know, we want to build up and partner with uh, schools so they will include all students. And then in turn, uh, the students that are um, supported in those classrooms now become part of a larger inclusive community. And when we talk about all children, we really mean all children. So including Mm. those who have been historically marginalized, students of color, students with disabilities, LGBTQIA plus students, and those uh, who are experiencing poverty and homelessness, and students who are English language learners. 
Mm-hmm. Um, our, our work centers around three main areas, um, school and district transformation. So what that looks like is partnering with specific school districts. Um, we've done a lot of work in Maryland, but we do work outside of Maryland as well. Um, and that's usually a three to five year partnership where we uh, work with the administration and inclusive leadership team to transform the school uh, to be able to include students with um, disabilities in, uh, you know, regular classrooms uh, Mm -hmm. so that there's no longer separate programs for, you know, students with autism or intellectual disabilities or emotional behavior disorders or what, or whatever, however, Mm -hmm. the the school system uh, sets up. So we do that. That's a, that's a a multi-year process. We also do professional development for uh, school districts. um, And we also do technical assistance uh, that's more um, with state department agencies. So we, you know, we work at the number of state departments uh, of education. And then we also do individual student planning. So uh, let's say you are a family or a school and you're having a hard time figuring out how we're going to include a particular student because of their uh, complex support needs. Um, we will uh, facilitate a MAPS meeting, which is uh, making action plans. It's, uh, it was developed uh, a long time ago uh, by McGill University, and we've adapted that plan mm-hmm. uh, to walk through with the school and the family how to include the student. And so that is another thing that we do. So those are kind of the main things. And then we also, you know, uh, just support inclusive schools through our communication efforts through mm-hmm. Think Inclusive and the podcast. Right. Okay. So, wow. I mean, if you think of like a funnel, you, you um, look at the really large kind of system changes and processes that need to take place or that people need to be um, brought up to speed on. And then it can get very specific down to the um, family level, the individual student level. Right. That's correct. That's correct. Okay. And, and, you know, we've been, we've been a nonprofit since 1988. So um, we've been doing this work for a long time. Now I've only been with the organization since, um, you know, 2020. Um, so, but our impact, um, you know, in the state of Maryland and, and around the country, um, you know, has, has been significant, I feel. Uh, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for um, doing that work, Tim, and I love it when you said when you all say all children, you mean all children. So um, not just those children or some children, but indeed everybody. So Tim, as, as you know, this is a podcast about mental health and there's a direct correlation, one would think, between inclusiveness in a school setting and mental health. Can you speak to that? Yeah, um... You know, I think mental health is something that doesn't get the um, the spotlight it deserves, especially when we're talking about inclusive education. Mm-hmm. I think um, so often it's the um, visible um, difference that people focus on, right? Perhaps not what could be happening internally. Right, right. And, and so, like, I don't want to oversimplify the, the problem, uh, but, you know, if you just look at the data from the CDC, you know, you have, uh, you know, seven, about 7% of uh, kids in school with a diagnosed behavior problem. You have about 7% diagnosed with an anxiety issue, and then about 3% diagnosed uh, with depression. So there's at some point, whether you, you know, 
are a family member or an educator, this is going to come up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I wanted to think thoughtfully, be thoughtfully about how to respond to your question. Um, and I, I, I don't want to mislead the listeners to, to think that there's been a ton of research about mental health and inclusive education because there hasn't been. Okay. Uh, um, at least, at least, um, you know, that anyway, that I can speak to. So mm-hmm, b- mm-hmm. What, what I do want to bring up is the research that, uh, that points to the benefits of social emotional development for students with and without disabilities in inclusive classrooms. Cause that is something that, that, um, is, has been, uh, widely researched. Okay. So, okay. so for instance, and I will, um, I will send this link to you. It's a, it's a very large document. It was, um, I believe it was 2016 was the, um, it, it's a summary of the research uh, on, on the evidence of inclusive education. Okay. Um, it's a seminal document and a lot of people in our, <laughs> in our field reference it. Uh, okay. But I just want to, just want to point out some benefits for students with and without disabilities in regards to social emotional development. Um, Because I think that that's important when you're talking about the overall uh, well-being of a child in in, an inclusive classroom. So what the research says is that for students that do not have a a diagnosis of a disability or anything like that, in inclusive classrooms, there's reduced fear of human differences. There's an increased comfort or awareness. So less fear of people who look or behave differently. There's a growth in social cognition. So, you know, there's increased tolerance of others, uh, more effective communication with, uh, with, you know, all their peers. There's improvements in self-concept. So like self-esteem, um, sense of belonging. There's a development of uh, moral and ethical principles. So overall less prejudice, higher responsive mm-hmm. to the needs of others. And uh, it's easier for them to create warm and caring friendships. Now, for students with disabilities, it is well, well researched, uh, the benefits of inclusive education, but specifically to social and emotional development. For students with disabilities, uh, they're able to maintain positive peer relationships. They're um, engaged at higher levels in inclusive classrooms. They're more accepted by their peers. They're less lonely. They uh, exhibit fewer behavior problems uh, than, than children who are educated in a resource room or self-contained special education classroom, and they have more independence and self-sufficiency. So again, when you look at the research specifically about social emotional development, inclusive classrooms benefit everyone. Yeah. I was just thinking as you were talking, Tim, that sounds like a, um, let's say I want to get all my wins in here, a win, 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 win. Um, the (laughs) The children with different abilities, the gen ed children, the educators, and then the families. I mean, it does seem like truly like everyone benefits from that. So wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. And we'll look forward to sharing the link with um, our listeners. It sounds like a, a meta-analysis document. So if anybody yeah. is suffering from insomnia, they can, <laughs> not that it's not important, but um, it sounds like it's a, a heavy lift, but definitely a worthwhile one. Um, so, and I appreciate you making the distinction, Tim, between mental health and then the social emotional learning. But if we go, if we pivot back to mental health, do you think that schools miss the mark sometimes in serving the mental health needs? And this is not to disparage 
the incredibly heavy lift that our educators, particularly in the middle of a pandemic, are having to do. I think we, as a society, look to schools to address so many issues. Um, and you yourself were in that classroom setting for, for years. Um, but do you see sometimes that schools do miss the mark in serving the mental health needs and uh, of both um, different abilities and gen ed students and are there opportunities to address those gaps? Yeah, great question. Um, so the, I think the main thing in regard to mental health uh, for students, and again, I just wanna echo what you said about, um, you know, educators are absolutely doing the best they can. Um, and, and so uh, my intention about how things could be done differently is never to disparage or to, to make anyone feel bad, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, right, because right. I know, I know exactly how you feel and um, being a classroom teacher. Um, but I will say, uh, I think one of the things that is missing in this, this conversation is the assumption um, is when schools or districts assume that students with and without disabilities need vastly different things. Mm. So, um, you know, students with disabilities or diagnosed you know, um, behavior disorders or, mm -hmm. you know, any sort of, any sort of need. Um, they are general education students first. So they have every right to be in a general education classroom and space. And too often the assumption is that because a student has a disability, it means they need um, something very special that only a highly trained professional can provide. So that, per, that idea perpetuates students with disabilities receiving services in a special place. Okay. So special education, uh, and this actually says it in the law, if you look in the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, uh, it's a long document, but <laughs> if you just, yes. it actually says that special education is, not, is a service, not a place. So when we in general are thinking about special education, um, we really should be thinking about the services that a child or student receives as opposed to a place where they go. Um, now, that's not to say that there, are, there aren't cases where expertise is needed um, and that you need a highly trained professional uh, to consult with. And, and so that's obviously there, but, um, having a student removed from a regular education setting um, to be provided specialized services, those really should be very rare. And mm -hmm. the strategies that work for students with disabilities in creating a safe and welcoming environment, they, they actually work for all students. Um, so I think that's kind of the, the biggest thing that I see is that schools try to um, provide different strategies or different things to students with disabilities when really um, it's all the same strategies and they all work for everyone. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for shedding light on, on that very important topic. Um, Tim, you've shared with us a little bit more about what the MCIE model incorporates um, and the inclusive classroom model. I'm sure you have some pretty inspiring stories um, where you have seen change 
both for an individual family as well as perhaps on a system level, definitely a campus level. Can can you offer us some some hope in in this field? There's there's good things happening, right? There, oh yes, definitely. I, I have the privilege of connecting with educators from all around the country and the world. Um, you know, through um, you know, through Think Inclusive, through the podcast, if people email me or you know message us uh, over social media. So there's a lot of really great things happening. Um, I, and one story that comes to mind right now is um, we we work with a district in Maryland uh, in Calvert County. And there is a high schooler that had some pretty complex support needs that had been segregated in, in special education classrooms pretty much his entire um, school career. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then through some individual student planning that we did, uh, and then through the systems change work that Calvert County has done, uh, that student is now in high school um, and fully included. Uh, and is a, you know, he's a He's a football, you know, he's the team manager on the football team. Oh, wow. uh, he feels, he feels like he belongs. Yeah. Uh, he's high, he's highly engaged in his, uh, in his classes. Um, and he had some, he also had some, some complex medical needs that got sorted out. So I, I think that, you know, when we really look at the whole person and support the whole person uh, in, in, along with uh, supporting a school system that, that, um, you know, has committed to changing their practices, we really see fantastic, fantastic results. Um, And also, I would say just in general, the trends that I see, I've never seen as much talk about inclusion for Mm -hmm. all students. And I'm not just talking about, you know, the disability aspect, but just uh, finding uh, uh, meaning and belonging in spaces I think it's really important for us to keep talking about it. So that gives me hope. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think if it's one um, lesson that we've all learned from the last two years of the pandemic is that as human beings, connections are very important and we are, we are pack animals, right? We are meant to live in, in packs and connect with others and, um, some of those others might be different than us, but we do need to build bridges and figure out just like those children that you talked about in the um, meta-analysis study, um, you know, develop more um, empathy or understanding, have less preconceived notions or prejudices about children who are different than them mm-hmm. in terms of whether it's physical, intellectual or developmental disabilities. So love that. Um, well, thank you for that um, that hopeful, um, that one anecdote, but I think it is um, only the tip of the iceberg in terms of all of the positive benefits that are happening in the field. And thank you for being a leader in, in this work. Tim, is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have or anything that you wanna share? Um, well, yeah, since we're talking, um, is, uh, since one of my favorite, topics is inclusion. <laughs> <Yes. You know? laughs> uh, I would say I'd like to address maybe uh, any sort of misconception uh, about uh, inclusive education. And because some of your listeners may, um, may think um, that when I or other people who promote inclusive education say um, that all students should be learning together, they think that um, students with and without disabilities should just be in the same spaces 100% of the time, no matter what. 
And that is, that's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, what I'm really saying is to rethink how we're educating all students. So um, I want you to think of a triangle. Okay. So there's a triangle. Okay. All right. And at the very bottom of that triangle is all students. And so we are giving all students the same you know, highly engaging content, the, the same kind of, you know, behavior support, you know, we're doing class meetings, we're making sure everyone feels welcomed and they belong. Mm -hmm. And then as you go up in that triangle in that middle part, um, that means it's narrowing. So uh, that middle part is a few students, some students, we're, they're going to get a little bit more. So they're going to get a little bit more support either with behavior or with academics or instructions or maybe some social emotional uh, support. Mm -hmm. And then at the very tip of that triangle, there's going to be maybe that one to 2% of students that need a lot more. Uh, and so that means the students are going to be receiving some, uh, you know, really highly um, spe uh, specialized individualized uh, behavior support, maybe a behavior support plan, uh, you know, or some uh, very uh, intense intervention for academics and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So within that triangle, um, everyone is receiving support just at different levels, Levels, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that all can be done in a school system where there isn't separate spaces for people to receive the, that support. So when I'm talking about inclusive education, I'm really talking about reimagining and restructuring how we educate all students and the, the separateness that we currently have for the majority of our country in education, where you have general education. And then on the other side, you have special education. Mm -hmm. um, those two are one system. So okay. that is what we advocate for. That is what we partner when we partner. That's how we, that's our assumption that we're moving toward that model. Um, but in case people, uh, you know, think that we just say, well, put everyone together and let's hope for the best. That, that's yes, not, what that's we're not it. About. It's, it's yeah. not <laughs> one teacher in front of 30 students or whatever of all different abilities and they all have to figure it out. Um, right, it's right. not that. Okay. Well, thank you. That's a pretty important point. So I'm glad you shared that with us. Thank you, Tim. So. All right. Um, well, Tim, once again, thank you so much for opening my eyes. And definitely, uh, I know um, our listeners appreciate it too, about um, some of the innovative work that's going on across the country and hopefully right here in Georgia as well um, around inclusive classrooms and supporting students of all abilities with their social emotional needs. So thank you again. It's my pleasure. Listeners, thank you for tuning in today. And to be sure that you don't miss any future episodes, please subscribe to our Mind Your Mind Speaks podcast. Also, we ask that you leave us a review on Apple. Until next time, remember there is no health without mental health. Please mind your mind and keep an eye on the loved ones in your lives. <laughs>